off top. Underwater sound waves can create bubbles that eventually collapse and give off light. And scientists can't explain why. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, we got a really great show to you guys today coming up. We'll get to all the great stuff. But before that, we are doing a little bit of time traveling where uh, we're going to talk about what happened this Monday night football game or Monday night, this Thursday night football game. Surprising outcome, I'll say. Congratulations to Chris Jones. You won tonight. Congratulations, Travis Kelsey. You're a big winner tonight. Tyreek Hill. Winner also. Also, all people with the last name Golf, no matter how you spell it, Coco and Jarrett balled out tonight. I think outside of those two weirdos who were sandwiching uh, uh, Chris Jones at the beginning of the game, they were big winners tonight because everyone got to see them. They look pretty weird. You know what I'm talking about, right? I think they're, oh, I yeah. assume they're his agents, yeah. right? They, they, they had slick backs, which always looks like. An agent to me. I I do think you're missing one of the biggest groups of winners from this game, though. Who? New York Giants fans who got to watch Kadarius Tony play that uh, game for the Chiefs. Yeah, and I yeah, the rest of us were like Kadarius Tony's so good, he just has to stay healthy. Uh health wasn't the problem today. He had some bad bad drops. One that led to six points the other way, and another one that just was cost him a big chunk. Was that him? Oh, that was Sky Moore that had those late game issues where um, I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had an incredible breakup in one of those plays and then dropped a pick on other plays Sky Moore could have got. Yeah, so even Patrick Mahomes needs receivers. I don't know what to walk away. Maybe we are seconds after the end of the game. So maybe I don't want to overreact. Maybe I do want to overreact uh, because there were times in this game where it's like Patrick Mahomes don't need anything because he was compensating for the bad offensive line play. By moving around, he was passing it to everyone, which is making up for the fact that there is no single one guy. But it all eventually caught up to him. It seemed like the Chiefs defense didn't need Chris Jones early in the game. But then when it's closing time, you know what you need? You need somebody that can put the game away. And Chris Jones is normally the guy that creates the sack or the tackle for loss or commands the double team that leads to the big play. So obviously the Chiefs are not out of contention. No one's going to lose faith in them. But I do think we have to stop calling the Lions hype because they played a good game. Like, Yeah. They seemed like the better team for most of that game. And it wasn't like an offensive shootout because I think people thought if the Lions were going to compete, it was going to be because Ben Johnson, the coordinator, and that offense could put up a lot of points. Now, the Chiefs D... Played reasonably well for much much of that game. They couldn't get the ball back at the end. Uh, but the Lions defense got so much better. I guess that that's a, a good question to have in this. Was this about the Lions D playing better, the secondary playing better? Oh, we're in football season now. Oh, oh did the, football did sack. Chiefs, <laughs> did the Chiefs just underachieve? Choke or no choke? Well, Let's I want to put myself let's put you in your shoes tomorrow. By the time the podcast audience is listening to this, you'll probably have already been on get up, but you're uh, going to be on get up tomorrow morning mm-hmm. and Greeny's going to look across the table and he's going to go, Dominique, you're looking at that Chiefs team. You're a defensive back and you're seeing Noah Gray, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Are, 
are you still afraid of that Chiefs offense? Yeah, as long as Patrick is back there, I'm still afraid. There we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's going to take a lot more than one rough game, and Patrick didn't play poorly. It's going to take a lot more than some drop passes. I- I'm sure there's a lot of free agent receivers that are calling uh, their agents tonight, like, hey, I need to get uh, – what is it? It's on – Um, it's Tuesday. Everybody's day off in NFL is the day when they bring in free agents. They secretly bring them in there and work them out because no other regular players are there. There's going to be a lot of receivers in there on, uh, well, I guess it's different because this was a Thursday night game. They might be there tomorrow running routes on air, trying to see who can catch because that is going to be a problem going forward. MVS made one incredible catch. Ooh. That was nice. He's usually out there just doing cardio, doing wind sprints. That's great for him. I mean, are we, say, are we saying Mike, Mike Evans on this team by week four? Trade, trade a second round pick for Hollywood Brown because the Cardinals somebody. don't want to win. Yeah, somebody. They, I, I'm sure Patrick is pretty frustrated. He seems like a nice guy, though. He's not going to voice his concern. There's so, so many times in this game where you could see physical demonstrations of frustration, mm-hmm. and then he would reel it all back in and like signal to the sideline, give me the next play. Yeah, that's a tough place to be in in week one. Travis, get healthy fast. Um, yeah, I, we don't want to overplay it. Or we don't overreact. This was a great win for the Lions. We have to respect them going forward. The Chiefs are going to be fine. No one is out on the Chiefs. They'll figure it out. They'll be fine. They've done enough to prove that to us. They can be encouraged by how well their defense played for much of the game. They they didn't put it away, though. So we'll see. Going forward, Chris Jones will get his money at some point. It seems like everyone else is getting paid. Bosa got paid. Burrow got paid. Chris Jones should be getting paid pretty soon. But... We had what I think is, from this point forward, quite possibly the best episode in the history of this show. So I'm going to shut up, and we're going to get to that. All right, so we're doing a little bit of time traveling because we wanted to make sure we gave you something immediately after the game. So we're taping this before the game, just in case you need to know that. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash df today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help com slash df all right so i really wanted to talk about 
the Caleb Williams article that Sam Shub wrote uh, for um, GQ. The first thing that jumped in my mind, is it weird that I thought about Todd Marinovich? No. Okay. Because, like, I haven't heard people saying that, and it's not a positive uh, characterization, but for people who don't know who Todd Marinovich is, like, he was essentially programmed to be mm-hmm. a superstar NFL quarterback. RoboQB. Yeah, Robo Sports QB. Illustrated article when he was in high school. He went to USC, right? Mm-hmm. And he ended up, it's a sad story. It, things went poorly, drug addict, didn't turn out, and a lot of it is attributed to him like burning out essentially and like his whole life being focused on that thing and being driven there by other people. And I felt bad because I guess the reason why I asked that question is because Kayla Williams does not seem like that's happening at all. However, in this story, it's very clear that when he was 10 years old, Mm -hmm. they, he and his father decided that they were going to do everything they possibly can to optimize. At least that's the way they tell the story to optimize his football career it leads us to a few things that i think are interesting one thing that you know i'm a champion of he's threatening (laughs) to stay in school and not go to whatever team drafts him if the situation's bad we'll get to that but is there anything in this story that jumped out to you yeah there are a few things um to your point and um worth noting it was his dad who was sort of the mouthpiece for saying he's got two two bites at the apple he can go back to school if he wants to it's a funky situation we want caleb to pick his own team type of thing um what jumped out to me is caleb williams is the poster child of gen z quarterbacks he is he has reached a point so obviously there's the todd marinovich factors in fact his his dad started media training um stretching him with hot yoga um, when he was like 12 years old. So this is Caleb. Ready, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, for his uh, NFL career. But I say he's a Gen Z quarterback because I am a little bit torn about this. I love that there are college football stars again. And I love that the quarterback of USC matters. But there's something not cool about talking about all of your brand deals and all of your aspirations in a really direct, um, overly like, Overly, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for this. Like professionalized? Is that yeah. what it is? is it? Yeah, but he just, it's fine to have the brand deals. We've seen people with manicured images, like Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes has a manicured image, but they never tell us that the image is manicured. Yeah. And that openness seems like, like a very uniquely not cool Carl Anthony Townsian way of handling your business. I would, I mean, I guess, I get what you're saying. It doesn't feel Carl Anthony Towns to me. What is confusing to me is if you are going to manicure your image, then choose an image. It seems yeah. like the image that they are manicuring is, hey, you know what? You know what I do? I manicure my image. You know, it's like they haven't decided I'm going to be the bad boy or I'm going to be like super precision, precise guy. Like we all decide what our or we don't decide. But when you're a famous person like that, to some degree, you take what assets you have. You build a story around it when you're going to when you are a big deal and you want to build something around it, a brand essentially, which I think why you said a Gen Z quarterback is like. Gen Z kids kind of grow up doing that with social media where they yes, develop what their exactly. brand is and they put out like, this is the person that I am. I give Ashley a hard time because her social media, she has a brand, even though she's like private, she has a brand. And to me, it's like, I'm pretty, but I'm down to earth. Like she shows bad pictures of herself and I'm like, okay, you, you just, only reason why you're showing that because it's consistent with your brand and it's, and like she shows herself cooking and stuff like, I don't worry guys. I am really a homemaker. Unassuming. I'm not that smart. Like, and it's, that's her brand, but okay. 
Yeah, that was a, a big tangent that you probably didn't appreciate, but whatever. My point is you pick something to make it your brand or you try to build around something that is tangible. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of like, it feels like uh, Josh Allen's yeah. brand. It's very clear to me. Like he's kind of the tough guy, quarterback, bad boy, under underappreciated uh, with a chip on his shoulder. Like that's his brand. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams picks something. So- the, the stories that you're telling us is I, is I went to media training when I was 12. Like that. Uh, so what I read from this, and, and so if I were to synthesize what we learn from Caleb Williams and his dad of what I think he wants his brand to be is special, different, more prepared. And he said that with his goals to be number one overall pick, his, no, his goal is to win eight Super Bowls. He's talking to heads of brands, not the brand representatives themselves. And all of this is the soft launch for him not wanting to play for the Arizona Cardinals. And by, I think, positioning himself as special and different, he is softening the blow that he deserves to be able to do this while other players have gotten a lot for demanding trades before the draft. Yeah, and I I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that I will make it my mission to try to uh, be on that side and champion that as a position going forward so it is easier for him to do that because it's something that we are all prepared for. I said that before I read this article. I still believe I would like to take that position, but it feels a little bit... Like, it feels like rooting for Deion Sanders. Well, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say, do you like him more or less? Because this is someone, he is not 22 years old, but didn't he sound like a 22-year-old who's going to a job interview and they're like, where do you see yourself in five years as the CEO of this company? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's fine. I guess yeah. the, the things about him that are a bit off-putting is, uh, is to me, it's, it's, no, it's nothing to be, like, disappointed in. It's just weird to me. Because, like, your idea that he's putting out his brand, like, I'm more prepared – yeah, that's fine. I don't think you have to be special to want to be able to choose where you're going to go. But if you're the number one pick in the draft, if you're the best player anyone's seen come out of college, and I mean, since Andrew Luck, some people say, yeah. the best quarterback, then yeah, you're special. And I think that all these players should be able to pick where they're going. So you don't have to convince me that you're special. But some of this stuff, and I don't want to be cynical. I mean, I am always a bit cynical. So I believe the stories that they're telling, but they aren't cool stories to me. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, I want you to tell me a cool story. I guess it is cool where he was like, he, he was a running back and a linebacker in youth football. And then uh, at some point he lost too many games and he cried after every loss, which like a lot of kids do. I cried when I was I lost about to say, is this anyone who has an NFL future at one at some point? <laughs> yeah. They'll just give me the damn ball. Yeah. I cried when I lost. Too. And then the, the kind of cool part is that he tells a story, him and his dad tell a story that in the car, he sat with his dad and was like, he didn't like this feeling of losing. And so then he decided he wanted to be a quarterback because he could have more control. Yeah. And that's a pretty cool origin story, origin story. And so, you know what we did from there? Got some media training. Well, And this is the, this is the irony of how this is all broken down is like, it's never that cool to tell your own origin story and yeah. to give your own narrative of your life. Like we get it. Like yeah. we see you play football. If you say nothing, yeah. you're really cool. The Michael Jordan yeah. strategy. Yeah. I the guess Tom he, Brady strategy. Yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes that's, doesn't say that's fair. I mean, I mean, Mahomes uh, Mahomes was like outspoken on issues of race yeah. and like uh and voting rights. Like he's not like super like say it with your chest, but like he hasn't backed away from those things. And like LeBron is an yeah. example that's done it in a non Jordan way. Uh, I guess I meant talking about himself. Like what yeah. we know about Patrick Mahomes as the person right. is that he really likes ketchup. Like <laughs> that's it. That, you're right. That's like, all we know. Did you watch the whole quarterback series? 
I did. Yeah, and you, even he was really guarded there too. Yeah, you didn't learn anything about it. He's, he's like he's cute with his daughter, but who? What? What dad isn't cute with their with their baby daughter? Exactly. Yeah. Um, the I, I feel bad that I'm harping on the media training thing, but that to <laughs> me stands out as like, why would you tell people that? Like that ain't cool. Why would you do that if yeah. you're a 12 year old? I don't know. Like I. I, I get why you would do it. Well, not at 12. I don't get why you do it at 12. I get why you would do it for a young kid because you could say some really stupid things. Yeah. Also, the pictures from there. And I'm 40, so I don't know what's cool or not. Didn't seem cool to me. Like yeah. I was like, those are some weak-ass fits. It's a huge part of it. And, and the, GQ, those are weak-ass fits. Yeah. And so the thing to push this forward a tiny bit, because like, Caleb is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. This story, we are on like the vanguard of how big this story is going to get over the yeah. course of the season because this was clearly a soft launch. This was clearly the start of him starting this conversation. And whether it's the Cardinals or not, some dog water team is going to have the first overall pick. And because of the stories that have been trickling out from Caleb Williams for the last couple years, the way that he we know that he wants to put himself in the best situation. That was even his college decision. That was him following Lincoln Riley. He's cared a lot about setting him up for the best situation for success. One, do we think that he's going to actually have the sort of um, stones to go down this path? And two, if you're an NFL team and you really view Caleb Williams as this Patrick Mahomes type player, can you even consciously, with a good conscience, consider trading that type of pick? Yeah. I mean, you. So this is where I think we disagree a little bit, or we, or fans might disagree a little bit with my position. So obviously, I'm player first, and obviously, I think that he should be able to choose wherever he wants to go. Him and his father can follow the Archie Eli model or mm -hmm. the John Elway model and force your way out. They may not have the leverage that John Elway had, but what leverage did Eli have? It's the threaten that you will not show up, and so I think that you can call a team's bluff, especially when you're a quarterback, when your career can be um, particularly long. So he could survive. You, you can't find someone if they're not under contract. Right. So he's not going to get fined. He could, in, if he decides to go back to school, that's one thing. But if he decides just to sit it out, he could survive a season. And a team that is garbage, I don't know that they can survive or, or they'll be okay with just having this hugely valuable asset because – you either get the player, he shows up, and he helps you, or you trade it for more than anybody's ever traded a pick before in life. And actually, you probably, you may not raise your ceiling, but you raise the probability of success. Yeah. So let's say you get six first-round picks for Caleb Williams, or you get five first-round picks. Two of them are, aren't good. You got three-star players on your hands. You got a chance. So, like, I can't understand why anybody wouldn't, like, acquiesce and make that trade. And then you have Caleb set himself up to be in a situation on a team that's a little bit depleted. But I'd rather go to a good organization with fewer draft picks than go to a trash organization with all of their draft picks. Right. And so the question is, what does he want? Is it a place to go? And if you, you read the story, he talks a lot about the value of being in L.A. Yeah, and so he wants the Rams that. to get the first pick. So, yeah, he wants to go and be with Sean McVay. And as someone who cares about football, I like Sean McVay to be the steward of Caleb Williams. Uh, Gannon, I don't know. I, I'm good on that. Or whoever they decide to hire. But the other thought is maybe he wants power. And Lincoln Riley went to USC mm -hmm. and then brought Caleb to USC. Maybe – he wants to go 
and decide who he brings with him. Maybe he goes to Arizona and is like, hey, I'll be more comfortable coming here if you hire Lincoln or you hire this person as the GM. Because that, that really helps you feel comfortable yeah. in a situation, I would think. I So a lot there. And the first of all, I do think it's like a tiny bit contradictory. I, I get that he wants power and decision, but it's also like the bravado of the guy who says, I, I want to win eight Super Bowls to them be like, but I got to pick my situation to make sure I have the best chance for that to happen. It's like, it's the opposite of the Joe Burrow, my windows as long as I'm here type mm-hmm. of guy. Um, but for me, I think the LA stuff is sitting there. It's right there. And I think the Cardinals thing, I think I'm on the zag with you. I think if, if he says he doesn't want to be there, and you have this quarterback who has been good in sports under contract in Kyler Murray. You have the Texans pick, which could turn into Marvin Harrison Jr. or Drake May or whatever. The draft haul that you could get for Caleb Williams, I think like we're almost underselling how huge, how huge it is. Like The Dolphins built an entire offense. It's the fastest offense we've ever seen off of the back of the Trey Lance trade. And like imagining that on a larger scale, even if you don't hit on anything, I... I genuinely wonder if you have a higher probability of building an NFL uh, contender trading the Caleb Williams pick if you're the Cardinals than you would taking it. I think the only reason why you anyone would argue that you have a lower probability is because we can see Caleb Williams. Yeah. And we no, we can see what Caleb Williams is now. And it's hard to imagine that Ryan Leaf is going to be a bust. You know, like it's hard to imagine when you see him balling in college that he's going to be a bust. I'm not saying that they're similar. I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is that, but I'm saying the chance when you have a bunch of lottery tickets, like that's that's the analogy. It's yeah. like they have one billion dollar lottery lottery ticket, or they could get six uh, million dollar lottery tickets or whatever. Well, the, the thing is, the thing that's interesting about Caleb is that he's not he's the way he's viewed is not as lottery ticket. He's still a lottery ticket. Like I get what you're saying. But I, I mean, I guess there. Uh, when we have these players like this, have there ever been one that's come short? It's hard for me to remember because I'm thinking about the ones who turn into success. Yeah, and, we're thinking and, Luck, and, Lawrence, and, and Lawrence Manning. Lawrence, if the situation didn't improve, would probably fall in that category, which is goes back to one of my many things that should be on this board that <laughs> we still don't have. We're going to have a board or a filing cabinet. Yeah. File it away. Situation yeah. matters more than the players. Blah, blah, oh, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So yeah, I don't have yeah, to say yeah, it anymore. You can just say, turn to file 37 yep. in the file cabinet. Or I'll look at the board yep. and you say, there it is. You know what I'm going to say. So, all that being said, I think that if you take his name off of it, it's obvious. Or if you take his highlights off of it, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Because there is a chance that he's not good. I think it's remote. I, I talked I talked to one of his his high school coaches who uh, is a friend of Ashley's husband yeah. and he was just talking about how when Caleb got there as a freshman he just Ashley's friend's husband I was gonna say you're Ashley's husband no a friend of Ashley's husband <laughs> okay yeah so he was saying when Caleb got there and the Dematha rivalry is a big thing yes yeah. Caleb just showed up and as a freshman and just took over the game against uh, another uh, like national football power and legitimate national yeah. football power and someone that plays like you're prepared like your college football team when you're playing that type of that type of high school football um the thing that i think is interesting you we've talked a lot what would about you rather have sorry you, i want to hear what you think is interesting but what would you rather have let's say the price is six picks or kayla williams if you're building an organization i think i know what your answer is so six picks six first round picks or six, six picks yeah, yeah my bad six first round picks or Caleb Williams and no first-round picks for six years. 
Oh, give me uh, give me the six first round picks. Really? Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought yeah. you were going to be DC bias guy and go Caleb. Yeah. All right, what were it's you going to say? Su it's such an overwhelming amount of first round picks. No, the thing that so uh, last year when we were talking about Lamar Jackson's contract situation, one of the things that was so unique about Lamar Jackson is he was more or less scheme agnostic. You could put him out. He's never had number one receiver. Mark Andrews, the best pass catcher he's ever had, and he's able to manufacture a top ten offense over and over and over again. And that was how we viewed the fact that he deserves a contract right. so far above, despite performance regressions, highs and lows, other stuff. Caleb Williams, he's not as fast as Lamar Jackson. He does other things that are completely scheme of agnostic, the way he can extend plays, the way he can still run, the way he's a human bowling ball. Doesn't that sort of change the equation and the fact that we've seen someone who is this special and unique work with no offensive talent around him? Do I have to reference the board or the imaginary file cabinet? It all matters to me. Like, Lamar Jackson landed in one of the best organizations in football. The fact that... But you view him that he would have succeeded in a similar way regardless because of the way he plays. No. No. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't necessarily believe that. I think... I actually talked to Bomani like 15 minutes ago about <laughs> a similar thing when we were talking about just how incredible... Patrick Mahomes is and how incredible it would be if they succeed this year with a hobbled Travis Kelsey. And the point I was making to Bomani, which For was the record, we'll know this on the top of the show if they succeeded night one without yeah, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but whatever, whatever. But I mean, the point was we were talking about like, what if he yeah. wins the Super Bowl again? Because I mean, winning the Super Bowl last year, I thought was impressive. If they do it again with Travis Kelsey being 34, then you have to put Tra you have to put Patrick Mahomes on a higher pedestal. But the point I was making was. You know what's really nice? To have an organization that's well run, an organization that makes uh, long-term long smart decisions like moving on from, from Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. getting him tackles that can protect him, and an organization that has a coach that is never going to be outcoached or at least out-schemed and is occasionally going to give you a schematic advantage. Like, that's really nice. So I don't mean to say that to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady did the same way. It was real nice to have the best – the modern, the best modern defensive mind in football at, at your side yeah. the entire course of your career. So, like, you can't separate those things. So, I I get your point. There are some players that are – their talent is so special that you put them in a situation, it'll raise your ceiling immediately. But I don't think there is a player that you can – that it doesn't matter. Basketball, we got a of different course, conversation. Yeah, yeah. But in football, you, there's no quarterback good enough that I think you can put them in a trash situation and then all of a sudden the situation – like there's no ceiling on it. Lamar Jackson would not be as good as he is if he landed in, I don't know, 12 other, yeah. uh, 16 other NFL cities. And I mean, they rebuilt the entire offense around him. They, right. they made it for his skill set at the time he was drafted. And even before they did, yeah. they, they didn't do it that first year. They dropped it in there into the Joe Flacco system and they went 6-0 and and made the playoffs yeah. and he saved uh, Harbaugh's job. The fair point. Um, the only thing that I would slightly not even push back on is just that like yes Andy Reid is completely unique but I, it's so hard to separate when players are that are that great Mahomes Tom Brady like I people have talked about the Tom Brady Belichick thing that the first three Super Bowls were Bill the second three Super Bowls were Tom Brady and finding that position that type of player is so incredibly rare and gives you it's not going to win you the Super Bowl every year and yeah. for the record if Patrick, Patrick Mahomes does win the Super Bowl with this band of misfits it is 
like the craziest flex from him and Andy Reid ever. Last year was a crazy flex. But last year was mean. a rebuilding and, year. And then he it's just crazy. It's like winning in a roulette yeah. and then just putting it back on it. <laughs> That's exactly. Like, yeah. Because you're not lucky. You know how to properly spin it just yeah. right. So like, I think you're making the point that I'm making. It's not to yeah. disagree. It's that you have to understand that you can't, you can't uh, divorce those things. Yeah, like, we're fine-tuning the take together. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I brought up uh, Joe Montana when I was talking to Bo about it. Was like, yeah, Joe Montana is in the conversation for greatest of all time. Yeah. It also helps that all modern football, passing football, is an offshoot of Bill Walsh. And it also helps that it was pre-free agency and they didn't lose any good players. It also helped that they managed to get Jerry Rice. And, like, that's not to take anything away from Joe Montana, but the context matters. Oh, uh, Totally. I mean, if you want to – there have been – I mean, Matt Stafford went from Detroit – to yeah. McVay, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, had he been in that situation the whole time, we might be talking about him differently. Uh, Michael Vick played one year. Uh, obviously, there are other issues yeah, on the front end. He played one year with Andy Reid when he was fully healthy, and he finished second in the MVP. And <laughs> yeah. he played like 10 games that season. It matters. Yeah, yeah, it totally matters. It's just really hard to separate the two because they're so intertwined. And it's also really hard to like... You look at what the quarterbacks and the players do on the field and how impactful they are. Like if you take Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs, they would they might actually be in contention for the first overall pick this season yeah. with the way their roster is. So it's so hard to divorce that value that it was just it was just a perfect situation. Like we, I, I don't feel guilty about taking people mm -hmm. back to when Patrick Mahomes got his first start because that team was good. That team was built up yeah. around Alex Smith. They're like, all right, we got a quarterback who is good, not great. Let's build it up around him. Yeah, and then they dropped a great quarterback into it. And they should have won the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> it, it was incredible. Oh, yeah. They were a D Ford's offsides away from winning yeah. the Super Bowl. And I mean, it's, well, it is getting to the Super Bowl and then yeah. probably winning it. They're going to win that shit. Yeah. Um, and the, I guess the last, the one counter example is Joe Burrow on this. Right. Where, That's the one that you bring up. And I, I think that. Well, you, you know, this, if you see a guy, it's a guy. That first <laughs> year, you looked at Joe Burrow, and you're like, guy. Yeah. I, and maybe. I, I could make an argument against it, but I feel like it's a waste of time. Because yeah. if you can only find one example, fine, cool. Keep living your life expecting the one example to turn out. Like, you could make an argument for Joe Burrow being dropped in there and being I'm, the solution. All I'm but, saying is that absolutes are for idiots and for chill and children. Oh so we gosh. should respect the fact that Joe Burrow did it differently. Thank you. Put it on the board or the file cabinet. Somebody's going to get me one or I'm going <laughs> to do nothing about it and just complain all day. Anyway, let's talk to Kevin Clark. Yeah. Or did we already talk to Kevin Clark? We're about to talk to Kevin Clark. Okay, let's oh, talk to Kevin Clark. Previewing all of the NFL week one. Whoa! All right, so we got my man and yours, Kevin Clark, here uh, to talk football. Uh, I almost called you Alabaster, but I'm breaking that habit, Charlie, because you are officially 100% Charlie. This is the formerly debatable portion of the show. So, Kevin, we asked all our guests to bring an uh, interesting fact. What you got for us? Uh, in negotiating this, because I didn't know I was supposed to have one, I'll just, uh, I came up with I got hit by two cars as a pedestrian. Didn't really of so, varying, of varying I'm significance. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you were okay? You're okay. I mean, define okay. First one, I broke my foot, but Ooh. I tried to not go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, just ran over my foot, walking across the street in Hollywood, went to a Starbucks, sat down there, and a couple hours later, I was diagnosed with a broken foot. Other one was a little heavier, had to go to the hospital. It, you'll, this is the American healthcare system. I, uh, I didn't have my insurance card on me. I go into something called the trauma ward, okay? And uh, so then the next day, my, my wife has to call after we get discharged and says, uh, hey, we have the insurance information now. 
and the hospital, I will not say which school it is affiliated with, it's in Los Angeles, said, uh, hey, don't worry, by the way, it's only a flat $96,000. <laughs> Literally said it like that. <laughs> Outstanding. Literally, that was the delivery. I feel a just little... Tell, hey, just, just, just to be at ease, yeah. it's just a flat ninety-six k. <sighs> Ain't nothing. That's a... Uh... Couch cushion money, but um, I I will refrain from making jokes about your lack of athleticism. But we will move on. I'm alive. You are alive, so that means it's okay to make jokes. Who gets hit no, by two no, cars? No, it doesn't mean that. It means I was able to navigate the situation well using my athleticism and instincts. No instincts. Zero awareness. Zero. Awareness. If they didn't come up on the curb, it's on you. No, the second one was. The okay. second one it was two cars that hit and then one hit the curb. And I and I would have evaded both of those situations. Dude, All right. There two there were two guys also on the curb who got Can I curse on this show? Yeah. Whatever you want. They got rocked. Uh, They're alive. Oh, okay. They got Okay. Okay. In that case, I'm sorry. I apologize. Explosive athlete (laughs) Kevin Clark here with us today. No, no, explosive athlete. Guys, should we we talk some NFL? Why not? Did we just do that? (laughs) It's a fair point. It's car crash every weekend. Um, So, first topic that I wanted to dig into, we're on the precipice of the NFL season, is 18 of the last 20 years, a team went from worst to first in their decision. Last division, last year was the Jaguars. Who has the best chance to do that this season? Kevin, I'll make you go first. This is so easy. Is it? Like, I don't even no, know why it's a topic. No, it is. No, no we, it is. No, we, it is. No, Jets are not allowed. It's not the Jets. Okay. So I don't know what you're talking about. Let me list random players, and then I'll ask you what the grouping is. Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, CJ Stroud, Sam Howell, Baker Mayfield, whoever the Titans quarterback is. Seven players I just named. Uh, Who are they? Um, they're Bryce Young, Sam Howell. These are quarterbacks. That's what you, <laughs> you said, don't right? have to. You don't have to repeat it. I back. do in order to hear. So I'm physically very quick. Bryce Young, Mentally. Jordan Love, Jared Young, Goff, C.J. Stroud. These are first Sam year Howell, starter quarterbacks. First year starter quarterbacks. No, no, oh, no, no, no. But you think that? Okay. And then the Titans quarterback. It could be Ryan Tannehill. It could be Will Levis. It could be Malik Willis. Doesn't matter. All right. That is seven of the first eight quarterbacks that the Atlanta Falcons will be facing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be my choice. Tra- Trevor Lawrence being on a neutral site being the eighth. So easiest schedule in the NFL saints right there. Um, They've made upgrades. Marcus Mariota was awful last year. He couldn't make the throws required of him in an Arthur Smith offense gets replaced by Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is not going to set the world on fire, but he's not going to be the worst quarterback in the NFL, which Mariota was at times Uh, worst pass rush pressure rate in the NFL last year. They go out and they get Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree. I'm not saying they're going to be elite. What I'm going to say is they're going to be fine. They're not going to be worse in the league at that, and that's all you need. Arthur Smith's a good coach. The roster's getting better. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to win, win a bunch of games, Dominique. So as as you guys both know, because you've known me for a long time, I have a bit of a contrarian streak in me. So the Falcons was my choice. But now that you pick them, I feel like the need to undercut it. And I will point out that arguing that they have – an easy schedule means that they might be first in their division is hard to use as a pro when they are going up against a team that also has the worst schedule in their division. So you're saying that they but might they're a better team. They, they're a better team. You think the Falcons are a Saints. better team than the Saints. I picked the Falcons, I but do. I feel like most people pick the Saints to win that division because you can trust the quarterback more, uh, or at least you feel like you can trust the quarterback more. The, uh, the coaching staff there is – 
relatively new, but still has some Peyton, Sean Payton DNA in it. I, I think that the oh, safer good. pick, <laughs> it's a good thing. I think the safer pick <laughs> would be the Saints to win that division. But I think you're right. Uh, the explosiveness, uh, we've been talking about the Falcons as a bit like San Francisco East in that mm -hmm. the quarterback may not matter as much because they have – uh, such incredible skill players, a good offensive line, but the questions on defense are concerning. That's where you kind of get me leaning on the Saints because Saints have a lot of names that I like on defense that happen to be maybe a little older than they should be. But still, they are proven names, which is more than what you have in Atlanta. I'd say old proven name describes you pretty well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I prefer uh, – Damn it, I couldn't come up with anything quick enough. I prefer a man who's never been hit by a car. How about that? <laughs> if you've been hit by two cars, you've been hit by none. What's the old saying? <laughs> um, so the other teams that are in this conversation, I think the Jets is a reasonable one because they're the obvious answer there is they added a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and if he plays well, and they have possibly the best defense in football, maybe better than the 85 Bears if you ask them. Um, and you got the Browns who – they have one of the more impressive rosters, the more complete rosters, if their all-star quarterback can play anywhere close to average to above average. That's a reasonable place to look. And I guess I mentioned Sean Payton, and I'm a complete Sean Payton believer now after the article that Wickersham wrote. Then the Broncos, the problem with picking the Broncos to go to first is then you have to pick against the Chiefs. You're just you picking, a, you're pick, you're picking a Mahomes injury at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but also the Browns is sort of a similar situation. Right. Who are you going to – I mean, the AFC North, even if the Browns look better, they're not going to be better than the Bengals or the Ravens or maybe even the Steelers. Well, that's my question. The Browns could be really good and still be in last so place. So this comes down to a, a conversation about you pick the real bad division or you could pick a real good division. It doesn't really matter because all the teams in either of these divisions are about on par with one another. Well, no, no. There, there is one, one other one with that, which is the Bears. The Bears are plus 430 to go yeah. from. And Justin Fields may be able to throw the football this year. And he's also going to be going against Jordan Love, Jared Goff, and uh, Kirk Cousins. Like, that's a, a desiccated husk of an NFC North that we thought was tough for the last decade. I, so. Yeah. I Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead, Dominic. Nope, Kevin. Oh, no, I was going to say, first. it doesn't take much for Justin Fields to take a leap. Um, when you have that kind of Wouldn't have been hit by a car. running ability, um, he would not have been hit by a car. When you have that, I think some of the numbers, like he was breaking Gale Sayers' records as far as 50-yard games and touchdowns and, and consecutive games. Um, it doesn't take much to put pressure on the defense. Dominic, you know that you probably who – was the, who was the biggest nightmare running quarterback you played against? All of them. We didn't play against very many uh, running quarterbacks. I'm that old that it weren't weren't very many in the league. But I do remember. Let me just give you guys a, a little taste of racial bias. I'm sure Charlie knows this story. Um, my first career start was week two against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We were going to play, going down to Jacksonville to play against Byron Leftwich. I remember distinctly <laughs> looking over at my teammates when we were sitting in the install for that week when our defensive coordinator, Larry Coyer, inserted spy. He put in a spy. He was like, you know what? The coverages we need, we got one, four, three, two. Oh, and we got this spy just in case. Byron Leftwich has never run. Byron Leftwich was carried rather than run from play to play. He was carried down the field at one point in college. But anyway, I say that all that to say, yeah, we didn't see too many 
I'm trying to think back. I mean, we I played McNabb, but McNabb wasn't much of a runner at that point in his career. We did play against Matt Jones. Remember Matt Jones? The, the oh, yeah. I sure do. It's a legend. Yeah, who act, played receiver in college, and he was starting opposite me that very first game. Wasn't too hard to cover. He just run straight. I believe that he had some off-the-field issues that may have compounded that. Quite a few. Good memory, sir. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Bears, I don't – I mean, I think we've all become believers. Well, I guess I can't speak for – I can't speak for you guys, but Jordan Love is not thought of as nearly as big a question mark as he was before this season. And the rest of that uh, that Green Bay Packers roster, I think, is really impressive. You get a full version of the LaFleur offense. And the the Lions, it's, I mean, everybody's on the bandwagon. So, I don't know. I feel like the difference between talent on the Lions and talent on the Bears is – noticeable the only difference is the quarterback position is a quarterback who is a game breaker but hasn't quite mastered uh the passing part of his game just yet let me uh let me put it to you this way the uh former nfl player former baltimore raven that i'm best friends with is robert griffin the third um and uh he was on my show this is football yesterday he said that dj moore is the difference between justin fields taking the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts style leap. And all you need, all he needed was one game breaking wide receiver and then everything flows from there. Is that being reductive or is that is that true, Dominique? I need you to stop using RG3 as your offensive lineman. You step out. If you got a take, you got a question, ask your question. Don't prop it up by saying RG3. I just asked you the question. RG3 is, DJ, is DJ Moore enough Robert to have to propel that leap? Me. No. I mean, I think a true number one receiver helps a lot, but I think a true offensive line would be uh, a help also. I think what they have over there is, uh, I mean, Mooney's and Claypool, they have guys who have potential to have really explosive plays. So I think what you're going to see out of them from week to week is going to be a bit more unpredictable. You're going to get some weeks where you're like, damn, this offense is pretty impressive. But I think most weeks we're going to be like, hey, sure it would be nice to protect him. I think that's what we're I was doing my preview, and, and a Steelers writer and a Bears expert were talking about Claypool, and they're like, well, his biggest flaw is that he can't stay on his feet. And it's like, what <laughs> happened there? That your biggest flaw is falling down. Like, you're good. You're 99 relative to the other parts of, of the world and athleticism and everything, and then you just fall. But what, what, is, like what does RG3 think about Chase Claypool? I didn't ask, but I can call him up because we're very, <laughs> very close. Butt. All right, guys. I my, best, my best former Baltimore Raven. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kevin, we are, you're now an ESPN guy, so we're sure. going to talk about the Cowboys. Um, and this question goes, goes to you. Dominique thinks that the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Are you buying the Cowboys hype to that degree? I am. I'm a little worried that Dominique and I are agreeing so much because <laughs> I think not the, only they're going to win the NFC East, they're going to win the NFC. I also um, said that. <laughs> it's true. It's well, let me let me uh, let me just keep going until we differentiate. Okay. Here's my thing. Number one is that if your problem, let's put that in quotations, if your problem is Dak Prescott, that's the best problem you can possibly have um, in in the NFL right now because he's going to get better. And 15 interceptions was bad, but Matthew Stafford had 17 the year he won the inter- uh, won the Super Bowl and it didn't become a referendum on his career. Um, Best pressure rate in the NFL last year, uh, even higher than the Eagles. Micah Parsons, she win defensive player of the year. Uh, Dan Quinn is one of the best defensive minds in football, adding Smith to that line. In the back end, adding Stephon Gilmore. On the other side, Brandon Cooks. This roster makes sense. And I think sometimes, Dominique, we confuse weird with bad. The Cowboys are a very weird team. <laughs> Jerry Jones is a very weird person. Yeah. And sometimes things like the Trey Lance trade happen, and we say, oh, that's a dysfunctional organization. Don't confuse weird with bad. The Cowboys are very good. Yeah, and they have been for quite some time. <laughs> that's the, the point that we make is Jerry Jones, We he behaves like uh, an erratic person many times, or we see him as such, but he's been pretty loyal to coaches and pretty stable as far as coach hires. And he's made some, if he gets credit for all the roster decisions he's made, made some pretty shrewd roster decisions in the draft and in free agency. Uh, the Trey Lance thing aside, I think, and that's that's a shot in the dark. It's not, it's not going to hurt you if it doesn't work out. I saw a stat the other day that speaks to how good they are at drafting. 82 players in the NFL started their career with the Cowboys. That's more than any other team. Okay, Five more than the Baltimore Ravens, who we all fall all over ourselves and say, what a great organization. Had guys like Dominique Foxworth and Robert Griffin III. Um, <laughs> That's and, the first two uh, names that yeah. come to mind when you say Baltimore Ravens. It's like, yeah. And there's some other guys that are hanging out in Canton or something. Yep, yep. And uh, and so like they know talent, and they don't overthink it. And it's funny because I'd say the Bengals are in the same boat where they just draft a lot of good players. And those are both owner-controlled front offices. And I wonder if the secret is just having a guy being like, this guy makes sense, you know, Do just kind of not, not really listening to the scouts and just being like, eh, big. I mean, they both have the same level of both profile, which is they both love big college guys who played a lot of games, had a lot of success. And they say, eh, this makes sense. Yeah, let's keep it simple. Keep your analytics. Yeah. Get out of here with all that other stuff. Show me some tape. Who the biggest, who the fastest, who's the strongest. <laughs> Give me that guy. But what are you using to say to include the Bengals in this? Because I remember doing like a research on – on this question before in the past about the teams that dra- that draft the best and one of the one of the like distinct distinguishing factors we use to decide who draft the best is like who gets a second deal but the Bengals are also notorious for not being all that aggressive with their scouting department or in free agency so all their players got second deals because they were like you know what we drafted them they went to a big 10 school they down the street we're going to draft them and resign them uh, I'm just looking anecdotally. I mean, oh, like, even look test? at this roster oh. right now. Yeah, just eye test. Just watching ball. Like Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. When everybody was was looking at, uh, everybody said, "Oh, well, they need to rebuild the line." They rebuilt the line in any in different ways. By the way, they did get a little more aggressive in free agency. They sold naming rights to get Joe Burrow's contract. I will unveil my take again on this platform. I don't know if I've done it before. Paycor bought the naming rights to the stadium. Okay, don't know what Paycor is. Congratulations to Paycor. Okay, the Far shrewder 
move would be to have sponsored Joe Burrow's contract directly. <laughs> that yeah, that actually just call is it a... the Paycor Joe Burrow extension, and that is brand value. I was one of the people who thought Penny Sewell was a better choice than uh, Jamar Chase, which I let it go, even though Jamar. I mean, excuse me, even though. Uh, uh, Burrow was getting pounded year after year. I accepted that I was wrong, but not all the way wrong. They might want to protect him every now and then since he can't seem to stay healthy through a preseason. Anyway, Charlie, what's next? Well, I do have one to bring it back to the Cowboys. We're really not – we're out on the Eagles winning this, this division. No. Was it just about the schedule last year? What? Oh, I mean, schedule. Going against a couple of insurance adjusters, a quarterback in January. I feel like there was a couple of breaks there. Um, I, the Eagles are amazing. Like, Howie Rosen's the best executive in football. Great roster. Replacing both coordinators who, unlike Kellen Moore, uh, both Philadelphia coordinators, they would have liked them to keep them because it made the damn Super Bowl. A um, couple of roster turnover things. Aging core, which you always have to watch in the NFL. Um, Dominique has an aging core. Um, no, and no, no. I'm aging everywhere but the core. Don't man, make me pull the shirt up. I was going to make the joke that you're dressed like an insurance adjuster. That you could have been <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, if I came dressed like this and adjusted your insurance, it would make perfect sense. Rates going up. Nah, Rates going you, up. You got insurance adjuster hair, as you know. That that's some, dude, I'm, some scammy. Know. I gotta fix the hair. Nah, I gotta, the hair's have been a little weird. That hair today. tried to get me to join the pyramid scheme. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> look at me, look at us now. Um, so yeah, I don't. I'm not out on the ego. It might be surprised. <sighs> Jalen Hurts has like the best work ethic in the history of football. Apparently, that's RG3. Like I'm. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into. No, he's a, he's grinding at media. I mean, this, that's RG three. This, if we're being completely honest, and maybe I can speak for you here too, Kevin is. It's kind of a coin toss. Like this isn't a situation where I'm like a hundred percent like you know what? Well, you know who who can't beat the Cowboys? The Eagles. No, the Eagles could beat the Cowboys, and the Cowboys could beat the Eagles. But it's more fun well, to go with the team yeah. with uh, the younger, better corners. Also, the it's is not why we're doing it, but the Cowboys, a good Cowboys team, is a stimulus Ooh. check to the media industry. Ooh. Just gonna throw throw that out Ooh. there. Um, but but what I will say is that with the Eagles in particular, what's funny is that I'm like, and Chris Long said this last week when I was on the show, and I've been thinking about it ever since, but like. <laughs> Jesus, I can't handle what? it. I'm not I can't I don't see you. They're takes. piling up. It's the names are piling up. I can't even Wait, see you over the stack of I names. I want to address something. Nobody cares. I want to address something. Why don't you just tell us what you think? I don't care what somebody else told you to think. No, I'm going to take his take and build off of it. I can't steal Chris Long's take. That's for you. That's what you do. <laughs> It's, you just listen to Greenlight and then just steal the take. What's Greenlight? Oh, that's um, Chris Long's podcast. It's Chris Long's it's wonderful podcast that I, I was on last week. I don't know if, if that maybe let's make sure that was clear. Pretty um, impressive. And so, yeah, no, I know. Um, <laughs> but he was like, he was like, uh, the, one team in the Jim Kelly Bills has made the Super Bowl after losing the Super Bowl. It was the Patriots after the Nick Foles game. Okay. Mm. And so I've been thinking about it. Like, that's an awesome point. Like, it's you're fighting history. But like, Dominique, I, maybe you know the player psyche better, but like, why? Like, is that even a good point, or is that just sort of the the a a 
a history lesson that is not necessarily relevant? Is it about just how football teams peak and they, yeah. they get to the mountaintop and then they can't stay there? Yeah, I mean, I think you're a lot simpler than me, but I like to look at things in a more complex <laughs> nature. So, like, there's a, a number of different factors that go into something like this. Um, assuming that that one, that lone factor could influence this, like – kind of feels absurd to me and especially given what we all do in sports as athletes like you know what we believe is the most powerful thing of all is the doubt and the motivation mm. how many times have we heard a player say i stayed out there and let the confetti fall on me for the other team winning a championship because it would drive me to get better and you're proving the point that you stole from chris long that no, it doesn't actually drive anybody back to the Super Bowl. It actually doesn't do all the things that you think it does. Take your goofy in the locker room and take a shower and get back to work. How did how did you feel feel yourself? Um, I mean, I'm mostly with hot pockets. <laughs> what delicious? So, like, like, like a minute. Let's say how if you're working out two hours in the off seasons, like minute one hour and fifty minutes. Like, what are you thinking about? Are you just like? It, I need to be good. If we're being honest, it depends on the season. Yeah, it depends on right. what I was getting ready for. Like there was, there's a fuel that is a little bit different and maybe this will upset people and hurt some people's feelings, but contract year fuel, it's a little different <laughs> than that unleaded that they give you normally. They got some nitrous that they don't give to people normally, but when it's contract year, they let you in the back of the gas station and something else gets in your tank. For Put me. me on isolation cam. Put me on isolation cam. I don't know if we still do that. I don't think we do. It's fine. Nice, nah, my show. I was talking don't to Mike Vrabel recently. Oh my god. I was talking god. to Mike Vrabel recently. And, you see that um, at the bottom corner says Dominique Foxworth show. Don't put him on isolation <laughs> cam. I would like to be. Leave me in this. All right. Leave me in this. Go ahead. Say whatever you said about Mike Vrabel. Also, that was a great piece you wrote about Mike Vrabel. Until I That's learned that say. you left the good stuff on a cutting room floor. It wasn't good stuff. It was the, a thought I had that I shared with you privately, and you were like, put it in the piece. Yeah, and I don't even work at that company anymore. So what am coward. I supposed to do? Call them up and be like, remember that piece I write, wrote when I worked there? Um, Vrabel actually said that. He said he said that, uh, and it's in the piece, that he motivates guys by saying, like, if you are better conditioned, you will be on the, play, on, on the field more and you'll make a play, and someone, whether it's us or somebody else, will pay you more money. Just one-to-one. So you and Vrabel, same deal. Thank it's you. all about feed. Vrabel says it's all about feeding your family. So just tell these guys they can feed their family if they do X, I don't, which is what I don't, Charlie says when we're doing the show notes. I don't need Vrabel for, for validation. But it wasn't necessarily about feeding family. I guess that's a saying, but it was more about, like, uh, changing trajectory of your family, for me at least. Like, the first contract for most guys is not substantial. The second contract, if you get to it, is like, all right, now – your kids can go to the good schools and you can not worry about retirement. That's a different type of motivation when you're like, Oh, I want to win a ring. Yeah. That'd be nice. But you know, what would be really nice is being 75 and not having to eat uh, cat food. Don't cut that out. <laughs> oh, all right, guys, let's move to the, let's move to next topic, which is why let's just keep it's more fun. Well, cause I, I there's a lot to, on this one. All right, please. This is like this is a debate that's been going on for years that all oh, of God. you have been entrenched on in the Tua and Herbert situation because Tua has the fastest team like ever built, and Justin Herbert has a real offensive coordinator who will let him throw the ball deep. And so, who do you have higher expectations for? The Dolphins or the Chargers this season? They play this weekend. Is it fair that I picked the Dolphins in large part because the Chargers always disappoint? 
Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, it's not they fair to these it. players because it's not these players. Well, I guess it was them. They blew them. a four-touchdown lead yeah, the last was, time we played, yeah, played football. I guess, I guess it was them last year. But what I'm drawing on is a vast history of Phillip Rivers-led teams mm. that were loaded and we thought were going to make a run but never quite figured it out. So that's part of um, my decision. They've moved to a new city, but we have not seen them I don't know. I think I'm trying to back my way into justifying a take that's largely based on my immediate reaction to hearing those two teams uh, because the Dolphins haven't had a lot of success. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what the hell? Well, yeah, the Dolphins. The it's Dolphins different. It's different. Success. No, it's different when you are underachieving when you are expected to underachieve. The mm. Dolphins, well, I guess you aren't expected to underachieve. You're achieving at what we expect from you, which is what the Dolphins have done. We They haven't really had a team recently that we were like, hey, they're good. The Chargers should have like, got you. Hire Cam Cameron. It's like, what'd you expect to happen, bro? <laughs> the, like, the, um, Cam Cameron gave me his phone number a few years ago because he's in real estate now. I think and he was like, "Hey, holla at me if you need some." I don't know. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was weird. I was very confused. I don't think he needs money. I, I guess he just likes to. It's for the thrill of the fight, man. Just out there. That's a, that's a Dominique Foxworth name drop. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a <laughs> Kevin Clark name drop. I spun off of his name drop and told you I an interesting say story. I'm buddies with Cam Cameron. I didn't know he was in real estate. That's you. You're the one who knows him. We best buds. You need a you need a condo in Miami. <laughs> that's your neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Where is, is it actually in Miami? That he's selling real estate. I don't know. That seems like it was, that seems like I feel bad now. No, no one is legally dealing real estate in Miami. <laughs> so is anyone is legally there. doing anything in Miami? Is it everything in Miami uh, a bit uh, below board? Uh, I believe that to be the case. Yes. <laughs> um, That's so, why everybody's like, "Oh, the the nil billionaire from Miami. Oh, he's getting, he's he's, uh, you know, he's in real trouble." Oh yeah, I'm sure Miami. That was the, they found the one shady billionaire who's going to help out <laughs> athletics, and he he's gone. So there's there's no more of those. So tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you have higher hopes for the Chargers than you do the Dolphins. Wait, do you want me to? I, I unfortunately agree uh, we agree me. again. Oh, okay, I thought that you were calling me out for for saying that or pretending that the Dolphins had expectations. No, that I'm they just met. saying your point was bad. Okay, well, I got to the right yeah. answer. It doesn't matter how you get there. No, that's Ends true. Means. Um. <laughs> um. So last year, and I don't want to make this a Tua discussion, but I'll make it a Mike McDaniel discussion. Last year, Tua dominated <laughs> against man to the point that. <laughs> Basically, teams got out of man coverage against him. Best PFF grade against zone coverage in the entire NFL last year. Third overall in deep passing. Stat me down. Um, Stat me down. The Dolphins won because of coaching. Now they have Vic Fangio on the other side of the ball. There's some doubt saying Vic Fangio maybe takes a couple years to get that defense up and running. Jalen Ramsey injury is obviously a problem. But when I think about this team, like it seems like if two is healthy, and if Jalen Ramsey gets back on the field and Vic Fangio does even approaching what Vic Fangio should, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're playing in the AFC title game. Um, I said on a show a couple weeks ago, wouldn't surprise me if they made the Super Bowl. Which show? And I wouldn't even know. You got to continue uh, to name drops. Pro- probably. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I just do so many shows. Um, but uh, I did, I got a death threat for it. Somebody was like, "I'm you should die for this. And I was like, that's a very strange thing. Oh. So it shows you that's what we're being contrarian against is the guy who sent me the death threat. I like it. Well, he thought, be careful. Um, don't maybe you should not do any walking in busy city streets. If someone is threatening your life because you got to stay away from cars. I know you got a problem with getting out of the way of motor vehicles. 
I take the train now more. <laughs> Is that everything, Charlie? <laughs> uh, unless you want to talk Sean Payton. Oh, I do want to talk Sean Payton, but we have so much. <sighs> Next week, uh, Kevin, if you can get in contact with Sean Payton and do a follow-up story on the story you wanted to talk to about, me, that would be he, great. I can get in touch with Sean Payton. All right. I'll call Sean right now. Did you play for Sean Payton? No. No. How do you know Sean Payton? I, mean, I, I work in football media. So, did he get in real estate? <laughs> you did mean? Sean Payton get into real estate last year? Yeah, I'm sorry. I stepped on a quality joke. I feel bad now. That was good. <laughs> Yeah. You took too long a pause. You're just like, my bad. I, I'll take responsibility. I blew the joke. That was a good one. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Like you wait, in wait, cars. Wait, <laughs> <jokes in>. Oh. <laughs> I stepped on that one. <laughs> I think we need to end now. Oh, yeah. That was fun. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right, my favorite person and everyone else's favorite segment, Roses and Thorns, with my wife, Ashley Foxworth. So it's going to get old that I say, oh my God, that's not true. But especially true. now that the show is being revamped and like, dare I say, I said dare I say last week too. That's a phrase I like. Dare I say getting a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I feel like this segment will keep getting pushed. No. Like it's been pushed to the back of the week already. No, it's going to get pushed to the back of the. So you you come in here and you and you um, segments. you always are like I don't know much about TV or these and whatever. And I will tell you that there's a reason why it's at the end of the week is because that's when you want it to be. Y'all got like nothing fun. else to talk about, so you're no, like that no. girl can go on we got and on. Plenty to talk about, mm. and now we have more people to edit it. So don't worry, please ramble all you want. But <laughs> going off it. into the weekend with a fun segment. And I think is is better than starting the week, especially during football season. We got plenty of football to talk yes, about. Exactly. So, My point. They have right, better things I, to do. It's not better things to do. It's <laughs> different. It's work, 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 work. Now let's have a little bit of fun. Let's be Woo! happy. Except this does get serious sometimes. Today is Thursday, right? Yeah, today's Thursday. That's the biggest party night in college. Well, at least uh, it was in Maryland. So now I understand what you're saying when we approach me. it from that. When we were working Well, on for me, I was in Lupo's living my best life. Seriously, there was this bar that, so we didn't really start dating until the total end of his college experience. Um, I'm a year younger because I'm young. Um, so a little less, like I was still in college when we started dating. Um, so... It would be, but we did get married on Maryland's campus because, like, there was no church that either of us were I love really when you talk to the camera. To. It's my favorite part. Thank you. It's growth. <laughs> there was no church that either of us were really pulled to, and I wanted a Catholic priest, but I didn't really care where it was. And College Park made sense for us. Okay. I mean, we did have our first kisses and stuff at Maryland, um, but not more than that because I'm a virtuous lady. Me too. Um, <laughs> Okay, we'll get to that. And so um, so we got married at Maryland. But, like, I feel like that was kind of disingenuous because that wasn't really, like, the campus that we, like, it wasn't like we were college sweethearts in the most Man. traditional sense We ain't had that many phrase. options. Hey. It was time to get it cracking. But anyway, I had a lot of stories. We had a show sheet. We're trying to do this more oh, professionally. Yeah, okay. But then I'm you sorry. go way off. But, I mean, this is an interesting topic, and it kind of dovetails a bit with, with the main topic I want to talk about. With what he was talking about last time about giving his sweatshirts away after games. You weren't listening. I never all, gave my sweatshirt had a girlfriend no you didn't give the ones that identified you away is what you said oh yeah they were, i actually did listen i didn't give any of the sweatshirts away i was just trying to sound cool for for my friends yeah anyway so i know you're not on tiktok i like tiktok it's kind of addictive you got to stay off of it kiara lewis uh someone with a substantial tiktok following and it's a sports tie-in uh she read a book 
called uh, Pucking Around. That's kind of <laughs> a romance, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey style sports uh, novel that's about uh, a figure skater and a hockey player falling in love. So motivated by this, she fell in love with Alex Winberg, who is... Uh, Whose wife is named Felicia. Which is only interesting if you know what his wife looks like. Um, not black. <laughs> I was gonna. Not lit- She's she's white. Guys. I was she's I was blonde. I was gonna send them on a search, and then they would see it, and then be amazed. But you just you well, it seems it. like they don't want people to be searching them. It seems like they want to uh, be a little more private based on how this story. So, so me, I don't want you to have to go looking. Let for me her. explain. He plays for the even Kraken. though she has a public Instagram account. He plays for the Kraken. He plays for the Kraken, and apparently, uh, Kiara finds him very attractive, and she is making TikToks about him that are very uh, sexually explicit and he's married he doesn't know Kiara it's a weird thing the team seemed to have leaned into it at some point to make money off of it also and then they leaned out of it so what about this do you relate to do you care about do you find interesting honestly especially building off of the point that I made earlier that we weren't dating in college and that um he that was in good the last in the, I know. Okay, probably. We wouldn't have survived. Okay, probably. Well, because you made irresponsible decisions. No, I didn't. I made the decisions that a 22-year-old should have made in college, which is to you were read young, the you Bible were... and chill out. So listen, I wasn't we cool weren't dating. But what I took from that is, and you know how sometimes I, I honestly kind of joke and say, I need to find my career path that's not being a teacher or a lawyer, the things that I actually have like competency to do. I'm going Lots to be of expensive education a too. college fantasy writer what joins book like like I first I was thinking football and I don't know enough about this genre there might already be like football versions of this hockey story that Kiara loves I'm gonna do it like backtracking to like when you were in college and basically no just, one wants this basically this just is... rewrite like what I wish was our exciting love story um in these books terrible. and they're gonna be really good and now I figured out my career path so that's why I didn't know what I was doing me. back then also which like in a lot of different ways, I didn't know what I was doing. So it wouldn't have been a great experience. Not the <laughs> phenomenal experience that it is now. But what interested me about this is I wonder, like having, like we dated while I was in other cities and we were, uh, I was an athlete. Like I'm not, I never was like super famous athlete, but that seems like something that could be difficult, but I guess probably you're just too confident to have to worry about anybody else. So there's a Beyonce clip going all around. Mind you, like Jay-Z, allegedly in in her music she says that he did cheat but there's a Beyonce clip going That's around alleged now then they just, make a whole album about it yeah but maybe she was just maybe it was for publicity I don't know I, okay, don't wanna, yeah, I wasn't Hollywood there I didn't shit. see it happen cool. um where what's one of Beyonce's I like songs I like that I wasn't there I didn't see it happen yeah keep that in mind like no literally one time so related to, to that one keep time that we had mind. like a when he was in Denver I was like mm, like did this happen and he swore something didn't happen right I'm like well I'm Christian <laughs> the best and in the Bible it says Jesus walked on like, to this day like I was talking to a friend recently who's having some relationship drama and I was like he was like did anything ever happen with Dominique and I was like I kind of feel like this thing that I allege happened that he alleges didn't happen. Um, I'll go with his version that it didn't happen in the same way that I believe Jesus literally walked on water. I'm like, that is your Jesus. And I'm Christian. And like, I think the Bible does have meaning. Um, But I don't know if I really believe Jesus literally like pitter pattered his two feet across the whole sea. Like, I'm sure some um, people believe it was literal. I don't. I don't think that makes me a bad person. I don't think Dominique's a bad person. The Lamborghini with a questionable steering wheel that is your brain is so fun. 
Because it's just like, it's so fast. Oh, but back to my point that I said earlier about Beyonce. Can I make a point? I want to make a point first. Okay. I remember this situation, and I remember this conversation. There were two. I have two walk on water situations. I remember both of the times where I walked on water, but the funniest (laughs) thing about (laughs) these- Can you walk on water for real, y'all? The funniest things about this situation is I remember you asked me- um, you asked me what I or we were talking about. Did this happen? I was like, no, it didn't happen. And then you asked me if it did happen, would you tell me? And I was like, no. And he said, no. Yeah. So I'm like, so I'm never going to believe anything you say in our or, whole romantic history. Or you could believe that I'm being completely honest because I could have lied in that moment. But the point of the matter is nobody needs any of that. We were young and 20 and drama. And since then. Outstanding. Are you happy with the decisions that you made? Or you oh, wish I'm, to- I'm very yeah. happy with the decisions so, I made. So but anyway, let this be a message to everybody was, out there. Sometimes just let them, let them walk on water once or twice. They'll figure it out. No, that's not the message. Do not take that away from this. Take anyway, there's this Beyonce, there's this meme going around right now, or I don't know, like real like terminology or things. Whatever. But it's like this little video that keeps being circulated, <laughs> or at least was circulated once, and I happen to see it, of like how Beyonce makes this facial expression whenever she's singing this song. And it's the line about like, like the person Jay-Z cheated, allegedly cheated oh. with maybe being beautiful. And then she's like, each time she does a different shady thing and it's like, but look at me. Um, so yes, I'm very confident, but I know that that's not why, like men don't right. cheat because their spouse isn't attractive. Yeah. Like, so I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I, I can't speak for all men or all women, but women do cheat also. I don't know why women we cheat. We do not cheat. Okay. I don't know why. It has never once happened. Okay. I don't know why anybody ever cheats, but I do know that for guys, like the desire to be with someone else has nothing to do with, or at least for me, speak for myself, the fi- finding someone else attractive or even having interest in being with someone else has nothing to do with any other part of your life. It's just like, oh, that's nice. Why it has so much to do with other parts of your life. It because does. It's but like, I mean, do like, you respect your no, spouse? No, 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 no. And that's another thing that we talked about is like, the reason why I do not cheat is not because I love you. The reason why I do not cheat is because that's not the type of man that I want to be. I think something that's interesting out of that story, though, is that if ever the stuff that Kiara was posting about, so the crack in the team he played for embraced it. They like changed the handle of their, some of their social media, maybe just their TikTok, but like to reflect that, like we're basically book talk now. And they, um, like publish their own stuff like and it helped they were getting more female people more female people more women were interested in the like no I've never honestly heard of the crack until I read the story which shows you how much I don't belong on ESPN podcast right now but I hadn't like and so that was true I'm sure for lots of women and the numbers prove that um and they like invited book talkers to games and gave them like special, you know, spotlight at their games they were really into it until Felicia White Felicia. Until <laughs> she, okay, I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Until she was pissed about it. Um, and I understand why, as a woman, as a wife, she would be upset that her husband was being objectified. Um, it's, and the reason that, like, it's like, well, you can't argue against it. One reason you can't push back on it, or, or it's harder to push back on it, is because if it were a female athlete, of course their partner would be like, y'all stop doing my wife like this. Like, And their partner wouldn't the, have to because the, the league would have never, yeah, yeah the, the team, team and the league, league and everybody else. And the, the team that has like, like contractually has like some right to this guy's person, right? Like okay. would have never let that happen. And so it's not fair. But also I feel like there are... Yeah, I mean there's different... I, I, I 
the, in order to objectify a man, or I guess I can speak for myself, there are different standards. It's a, it's a, it's like absent context. It's always hard when people say things like, but what if this person was, would you allow this if they were a woman? Of course not. Women and men are different. The context in which we live in is different. Would this be okay if you, like, it happens when we have conversations about race often where it's like, but when if. I thought I said, but black people can't be racist though, can't. <laughs> yeah, so we like. Can, we, uh, can, course, we can discriminate. We can be rude. Course, but we are not in the power. Of course the context matters in that situation, yeah. but. But I, I understand why she would not like it. Uh, here's the part I don't really understand. Because she said what was harassing about it was people, like, if she just said, I really don't like that information being circulated about my husband, right. like, or pictures of him, you know, that are vulnerable being circula circulated, excuse me, about my husband, I would be totally sympathetic. But part, well, I would be a little, I would be sympathetic. But part of her thing was, like, and people in my comments, as someone who briefly flirted with a public Instagram account and then went back to making it private, you can have a public Instagram account you don't have to have a public Instagram account. First of all, you can have a private Instagram account. And if you choose to have a public social media account, you can have a public social media account that does not let people who are not your friends comment on it. She could end the comment spec that she doesn't like. She obviously chooses not to. She could also <laughs> reprimand people for being disgusting on there, but the idea that, 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 that they fall would stop. That shouldn't fall on her. I get it. I just, no, no. I, I mean, the idea that they would stop because you said that doesn't think, I mean, is is unrealistic, I think. I probably would do things like, like sometimes jokingly, I'm always like, oh, like him and my kids have these like great natural abs. I do not. I have like fat. And so I would probably not do things like joke about his abs in my social media content. She mentioned, she was like, it's finally not his hockey but getting the attention in this picture. You like it, um, Felicia. I, I um, it's a little bi-Felicia. He has a great butt and abs. I butt. And I wouldn't point those out. Like, and, and again, that wouldn't be fair to me that I would have to like hide those parts of my life or things that are kind of funny family jokes. But also, I would understand that this is... But also, like, no one's ever done that to you. So probably if it happened, I would like be really like, oh my God, Felicia, I'm so sorry, girl. Or Jalen Hurts. Always getting objectified. <sighs> exactly. But I don't say anything disrespectful about him. I talk about him as a feminist, which someone <laughs> told me I should not call him a feminist. And I get their point. Like, duh, all people should want to work with women. And but he has like a whole female team. And basically any positive adjective that I can throw at him that is not just sexy, I will do. Because you're right. I've never tried to just objectify him. I talk about all the glorious things about Jalen Hurts. Um, but we know we know the root of it. He's beautiful. <laughs> the root and I don't of it say is... sexy. I say he's beautiful. Okay. Um, okay, I actually have a rose and a thorn for you. Oh, well, I'll about to wrap it up. But the cool. segment is called Roses and Thorns. I'm a rule oh. follower. Okay, so the rose not. is that he is coaching my son's team, and it is going. They haven't had a game yet, so we don't know if it's going well. And I haven't been in the practices, but it is going. And, like, watching you put the effort into it and, like, like enjoy it, I'm really proud of you and grateful for this experience on behalf of our son, who may or may not be grateful for it himself. No, he's, he's told me a number of times that, like, he really appreciates it. He also... Oh, he never says that about things. Oh, yeah, he also talks like, to He me. likes him my dinner. Yes, yeah, so everyone in the family who's been like, what's it like... Um, having your dad as your coach and again it's just been a couple practices his response is well it must be hard for him because I was on the because there's an assistant coach too I was on you know coach the other coach's team during the scrimmage and I scored three touchdowns on dad's team so it's fine for me it's great for me <laughs> but again we want our baby to be confident um so and then double team um, them this week 
Another rose is that I think this actually might go more to, because um, actually involves a thorn for you, to the people at Potville and the producers who kind of changed the set around. They texted me and were like, okay, when you guys are doing roses and thorns, like there's shelves behind you now. Can you bring in some things that like represent you? So the rose is, I guess, to the show generally that you guys let me bring in my black Barbie and a furry. Notice that PETA, I did not say fur. A furry pink coat. It's fur. Um, <laughs> my mom got it from her fur, her fur store for a gift for me when I was about ten. It is not though because they use fake fur. Um, a picture, a Lego frame with another picture in it. A little mini pink Christmas tree because I'm obsessed with Christmas and pink. But the piece. P.S. de resistance. Is that how yeah. one would attempt to have Are a Are you French pretending accent? like you don't speak fluid French? I don't speak fluid French. I hate French. when you do this. I know. I I'm a French minor. Like Listen. You're, you're, no, 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 no. You do this all the time, and it's one of the things about you. Here's your thorn. You try to act like you're, you're not as smart show. as you are. You try to act I like... I already explained that. I keep expectations low and surprise people. I hate it. People. Talk your Anyway, go ahead. I'm, you know what? Every time I see Beyonce, I want to start talking about She makes me think I should talk shit more. Like when she makes those faces like this ain't nothing I mean this girl ain't nothing compared to me I'm sorry take it out y'all but then when I'm back in my own life I'm like I don't like to talk my shit I like to be nice and likable and talk other people like I want to tell today on the way in I complimented like four people yeah, you're I, very I love to compliment women um but which is how you don't know what I like maybe <laughs> JK hey, get in the comments if you're um, interested. but so the best part of the things I brought in though and the thorn to Dominique is I tried to gift him this a year ago my mom was like cleaning out her storage room and tried to give us all our childhood stuff that we did not want and she gave me the one trophy I ever earned in my life and it wasn't even just a participation trophy it was MVP of the eighth grade basketball team at Blessed Sacrament School. Now, it was the B team. Oh. I maintain that I might, would not have been MVP had I made the A team, but I would have, I should have made the A team, but the B team needed a star, basically. So they were like, Ashley's nice. We'll let her go star on the B team, is what happened. But anyway, I won Where's the you guys record? trophy. You guys win the championship? Or? Oh, no, we only won one game. Oh, no. But I scored all the, t well, each game that there was a point scored on our four, by our team, which might have been every game. I can't remember some games, but it was real close. Um, but anyway, I brought this trophy and the thorn for Dominique is that I tried to give him the trophy when my mom first gave it to me because I was like, mom, what do I want this for? But also I feel bad throwing my one trophy in the trash can. And this man has so many trophies. Like I'm going to gift him my one trophy. It was like a piece, an important piece of myself that I tried to give to you. Thank you. And he rejected it to the point that like we, I got lucky and found it. It was buried in my closet because I guess he had put it there because oh. he didn't want it. But so that's the thorn that you did not want my trophy. I don't display my own trophies. Like, I, I don't know, it's weird to Okay, me. exactly. But you could display the one trophy that your wife ever got. I have, look at it, displayed. Well, because I sent it in. I did not love it, but I love him. And that is what's important. The end. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.